You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey there, how you doing? And welcome to the Drinks with Johnny Thirsty Thursday podcast. This is the special episodes that I go back and give this week's earlier guest a phone call since, you know, we usually record these episodes a couple weeks till they get released. So I like to give a phone call to uh, our guests and friends and see what they've been up to since the last time we chatted. Now this week, as uh, most of you know, we had Etzel from the band Dope on. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't, for whatever reason, listened to that episode, it was dropped on Monday. Go back, listen to that, then come back here for this quick little follow-up. Just going to see what Etzel's been up to since. Um, uh, The sting of this weekend's Raider loss has started to fade. I'm back to a little bit of normalcy, I guess. But I'm sure Etzel's going to have something to say about it when his Kansas City Chiefs won once again and my Raiders lost again. Uh, we got into that at the end of last episode, so we'll, I'm sure we'll do that. I'd like to talk to him a little bit more and see what he's been up to in general. Uh, I know it is uh, uh, hard to get him on the phone right now. He's got a two-year-old kid. I don't know if we talked too much about it before, so uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and give him a call right now and uh, see how Edsel Dope is doing today. Yo. Hey, Edsel, how you doing today? What's up, dude? <laughs> Not much, man. Just uh, just chilling. Uh, I'm, I'm starting, I was always saying on the uh, intro here to the, the people listening at home, the sting of this weekend has started to wear off. The what of this movement? The sting of this weekend. Oh, this weekend. I don't know why you sound like you're in a tunnel. Oh, dude, it's probably because my phone wasn't next to me. Let, let me move that for you. Is that any yeah. better? Yeah, it's better. How you doing, dude? <laughs> so I was saying the sting of this weekend, because uh, I think at the end of our chat that we had a couple weeks ago, uh, you you unveiled your Kansas City Chiefs helmet, and uh, <laughs> I suffered the most embarrassing loss I've seen in quite some time as a Raiders fan. And uh, Yeah. You guys yeah. aren't starting out too good, buddy. Oh, no. I mean, it's it's more par for the course. You know, th- the problem with, with this season, honestly, was I did have expectations. I usually go in with zero expectations, let's be honest. It's been quite a while since I've had real expectations. Um, you know, new coach, new everything. I was like, oh, you know what? And then even after the first week loss, I still wasn't bummed. I was like, you know, hey, that was a close game. It's a new system, new team uh, for the most part. You know, we, we can pull it together. 
the begin the first three quarter you know the first half rather Raiders looked awesome 20 to nothing I was like okay this is what I thought we were gonna get and then they just shit all over my heart and slowly lost that game I mean it was pretty un- unacceptable in the second half there yeah I think you just traded for some backup lineman from the Patriots though so you should be fine <laughs> fuck you dude <laughs> sitting there over in tall cotton with his goddamn fucking Kansas City fucking Chiefs beating beating up on the Chargers. Oh, they didn't yeah, you know what that. though? That was a good game Thursday night. The, but. The Chiefs are a little overrated right now. Like they they get a lot of uh, a lot of respect, rightfully so, for their accomplishments and for their quarterback and their coach. But um, but you know, it's a long season, man. I'm always oh, yeah. a I, I, you know I feel like there's always a trend where the team that goes twelve and zero never winds up at the end you know it's always the team that gets on the run and wins like the last eight games of the regular season that goes in hot so i wouldn't worry about it it's a long season it um, is it is it i think just, both you know, teams but they got those still stats, have a though, chance man. you know well i mean <laughs> i don't know about both teams the chiefs definitely are looking fine but they have a stat you know i don't i don't prescribe all the time to those stats but like they did have the the stat of like a team that starts 0-2 has a 4% chance of making the postseason or some shit. And I'm like, ugh, that, that hurts. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's not encouraging. No, it's really not. But I digress. <laughs> I mean, again, Chiefs look good. I mean, but it's going to be tough in the AFC with a team like fucking no, the Bills, man. No doubt. I mean, the Bills are like, they should have done it last year. But right. they, they didn't. So that's the other thing, too. You just never know, man. Like, all it takes is an injury, too. So it's just that's why I love the sport because it's it's always competitive and you know un, aside from the UFC in my opinion it's like the the sport that even though you can predict it you really can't it's like it ain't over till it's over you know right so you're a bit I didn't realize that so you're you are you pretty big into uh, UFC fighting yeah I'm uh, I'm I'm that's like the other one like I, and I actually. I'm an, I'm a bigger Chiefs fan than I am UFC fan, mm-hmm. but I but I love the sport. Like I'll I'll watch MMA probably more frequently than football. Like if it's not the Chiefs or it's not Monday Night Football, I generally am busy doing something else. But UFC, I'll watch you know pretty much every pay per view. Um, but for the same reason because I, I love I'm such a control freak in life with like just how I operate my my life my business that I love watching the fights because i have zero control mm-hmm. and no matter how much i think i know who's gonna win you have no idea dude because all it takes is a, an elbow right. and it's like oh that just changed everything so yeah i really i really enjoy the the competition and and again the that that feeling of like i don't know <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> man well did you watch uh the last pay-per-view i guess it was two uh, not this past saturday the saturday before the Diaz fight? Yeah. Yes. Okay. What did what did you think of the whole card? I I, I watched uh I'm 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 in and out on UFC, I'll be completely honest, but there is a fighter that I've had here on the Drinks with Johnny show and uh and she's a Avenge Sunfold fan. She comes out to our uh our cover of Malaganya Celerosa, Irina Aldana. And uh, Oh sweet. So I was watching I watched the car I got the card uh, to see her fight, of course. Um and uh to your point of you know one thing can happen and change and change the 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 entire match her her match was a, a perfect example of that but uh, i digress for a second wanted to ask you what you thought of the whole card 
Um, I, you know, I, I bought the card for the same reason everybody else bought the card. Um, I, I'm a big, of course, I'm a big DS fan. How can you not like mm-hmm. enjoy that dude on and off, you know, in and out of the ring? The guy's just hilarious. Um, but uh, but I'm glad that he didn't. I'm glad the card got shuffled because even though it still wound up that you know the 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 Shemayev uh, Kevin Holland fight still ended up being very uncompetitive. Um, mm-hmm. I'd much rather see that fight than the Diaz Shemayev fight. I just think that was all set up bad, and it was just not. I don't know. I'm, I I think it all worked out the way it should have worked out, but. Due to that, it wasn't the most exciting card, but um, had a lot of big stars, and I think Nate Diaz got to leave the UFC on the on the correct warm and fuzzy, which I think was appropriate. Oh, was and that, who knows? Was that his? Was that his last fight? Was that supposed to be his last fight? Again, I, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm in and out, so I don't, I don't. Yeah, the, the the it's really hard to leave the UFC um, unless they don't want you anymore. Mm-hmm. So D and Diaz is like the longest tenured fighter on the UFC. Like he won the ultimate fighter five, like 20 years ago. And his big brother, Nick Diaz is kind of like a super pioneer of the sport. So, yeah, I remember Nick, yeah. um, yeah. So Nate Diaz is like, you know, but he, but he's always been for a lack of better words, kind of like a middle of the road, uh, as far as his rankings are concerned, like he's a great fighter, but like he's always fought really tough fights, but he seems to like have never, you know, he's never fought for a title. He's never gotten quite there, um, but super entertaining. And, and he blew the fuck up, you know, five, six years ago when he called out Conor McGregor. And then on short notice, Conor McGregor lost his opponent and they brought Nate Diaz in on short notice and yeah. Nate Diaz beat, beat Conor McGregor. I so when that, that happened, I watched that fight. Yeah, so when that happened, the dude's star went to the to the moon, and he and he started making like serious money, and people really started to connect to him on a human level, and his following just really, really, really went ballistic. Um, according to him, he's like you know since he was a kid, he started fighting and, and mixed martial arts when he was you know in high school probably. He like he loves jujitsu and he loves boxing and. And he just has wa- always wanted to try things outside of the UFC. But when you're signed to the UFC, they don't really generally let you do that. Hmm. So he's been kind of screaming from the highest mountaintop now for a couple years. Like he just wants to leave. And he had like one fight left on his deal. And they kept kind of slow rolling him, like offering him mm-hmm. fights that, that they didn't make sense or time frames that he felt didn't make sense. And then, Finally, you know, because the, the end of the road was coming for him, um, they kept offering him this super insane up-and-comer, this Hazmat Shemayev kid from from yeah, over in that Russia. That was my first like, time seeing him. Uh, was, was Dude, and, and, he, and he's a beast, and he's right. fucking huge, too. Like, Nate Diaz is really not a 170-pounder. Like, he's a 155-pounder, but he fights at 170 because he doesn't want to cut the weight anymore. Yeah. And, like, Shemayev is is really, like... That's why he didn't make weight. Like he's really should be fighting at 185, possibly even 205. Like he's a really big dude. So the UFC kept offering Nate Diaz Chimaev, and he was like, "Dude, this you just wanted this kid to make his name off of me. Like you don't like he hasn't earned the right to fight Nate Diaz. That's the way Nate Diaz was kind of spinning it. Okay. But that but that kept prolonging him being locked in the contract because he was turning down a fight. And if you turn down the fight, they've done their job by offering you a fight. 
So finally, he just accepted the fight. He's like, you know, I don't want to fucking fight this guy, but fine. If this is what it takes for me to be a free agent and get the hell out of here, I'll fight him. And the community was was sort of down on that because they looked at it as like the UFC is just trying to damage this guy's reputation. As on his way there, out, too. Yeah, they yeah. know he's on his way out. He knows he's on his way out. The whole yeah. thing. They're like, well, let's put over this guy. I understand. I mean, which I understand as a business move why, why the UFC would do that. But for the fighter, you know, it's like, well, fuck Yeah, you. a guy that's been with you 20 years, you know. But, yeah. but so anyway, long story short, day before the fight comes and Shemaev misses weight. So now all the power's in Nate Diaz's hands because he doesn't have to fight him. He doesn't have to fight anybody. Yeah. So the UFC was able to look at the card and like move it around. And then Tony Ferguson was already on the card, who's just like Nate Diaz. He's been around for 20 fucking years. He's really a 155er that's fighting at 170. Mm -hmm. He's old like Nate Diaz is, with all due respect. So they ended up putting them together for the, which fight, was a much for the fight game. Let's let's not let's not throw that uh, OLD word out yes. there that easy. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and and uh, and long story short, it was you know a much more competitive fight and much more appropriate for Nate's last fight in the UFC. Um, and yeah, dude, he's like he's like the first dude I can remember that that was able to leave the UFC like got out of his contract like let it run out no matter how much money they threw at him he kept saying nope 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 and now he's a free agent and who knows what he's going to do but i'm sure it'll be something exciting and he'll probably wind up back in the UFC at some point just cuz he's that kind of dude but but yeah that was uh that was last week's fight card oh man see that ex that explains so much i i appreciate that i should have called you before <laughs> Knowing that there was a backstory that you would actually know, we didn't get into that in the conversation a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, like I, 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 everyone was booing, going crazy on the on the Russian kid, and I was like, I was like, well, is it just because he's Russian? Are we are we Rocky fucking foreign this shit? Like I don't. No, nah, it's what it real. What it really was was because he missed weight. And yeah, like, and, I heard and, that, so and, I thought that might have been it. Yeah, okay. And and but he wasn't like this is gonna sound so stupid, but it's real. It's like if you it, two things happen when you miss weight. First, it's like a, a, I've never cut weight before, but apparently it's like the most agonizing thing in the world. And it's uh -huh. like it's the thing that makes like you'll talk to fighters and they'll be like, dude, I don't care about the fight, I don't care about the training. It's the weight cut. That's the worst part of my job. Mm -hmm. Um. So, so when fighters don't make weight, like all the other fighters, like really kind of like look down at that as like being super unprofessional and like, you know, putting everybody in the, the fight card in jeopardy. Right. And also they also kind of consider it cheating. It's like, bro, you're supposed to show up at 170 pounds. You showed up at 175. Like I had to suffer to get down to 170 and you didn't. And now we're going to go in the ring and fight. Like, so they have to give up a percentage of their, of their fight purse when that happens. And it's like a really whole thing, but the mm -hmm. fans, because we live in the world of entitlement, you know, <laughs> the fans have, have kind of taken the fighter perspective on it now. So when, when a fighter misses weight, if they're not super apologetic about it and like throw themselves on the, on the sympathy of the court of public opinion, the, the, the fans get super, super aggro about it. So that's what happened to Chimaev was that he was supposed gotcha. to be in the main event. He came in really heavy, like seven pounds heavy, which is unheard of. And he didn't give a fuck. He was like, fuck you. I don't care. I didn't make weight. I'll fuck kill you all <laughs> and it was and that was kind of respect that though man as a you know, kind of like <laughs> I, I, also then, that controversy is also kind of like i mean if if they were looking to propel his his name in the ufc anyway that controversy could be argued kind of did that too right 
Yes. Well, and also like the UFC doesn't have like a lot of really like really legitimate heels either. So like he turned yeah. heel whether he meant to or not, like that night he turned heel by grabbing the microphone and saying like, fuck you all. I'll kill everybody in the UFC. I'm here to take everyone's w- head. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that's some WWE shit there. You just totally. used the term heel too. You, are you a wrestling Correct. fan? Did we not talk about this? <sighs> Wrestling's a tougher one for me. Like the MMA has adopted a lot of uh, wrestling terminology and I was a big wrestling fan when I was a kid. Right, but it's, I didn't realize but it, they were using the same terminology. I, I, I got, I got excited there, Edsel. I'm a huge <laughs> professional wrestling fan. I, 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 fell away from it for a while, to be honest. But I came back a few years ago, especially uh, uh, when my when my son was born, and then I started doing this podcast. And I started having some professional wrestlers on the on the show, and I became a fan again. I fucking love it. So I was like, nice. It got me excited for a second. So you haven't watched it in a while. Is basically what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I kind of tuned out. Like, I get it. I respect the shit out of, like, the athleticism and all that stuff. But, but again, the reason that, that I enjoy the UFC is because of the the realism of the competition and, and knowing that, like, at any minute it could change and and clearly it's not scripted. Right. Um, so, so because, like I said, I'm such a, a control freak in so many avenues of my life, the, the unknown and the unpredictable is what attracts me. So when I was a kid, I felt that way about wrestling. But as an adult, I feel like, uh, again, I super respect the athleticism and the entertainment value of all of it. But um, without it being an There's actual... There's room for both, Edsel. You could watch There both. is. There is. <laughs> I watch there both, is. you know. <laughs> but but it just doesn't speak to me the yeah, same totally. way. Yeah, totally. I got you. Do you, yeah, do you, speak to me do you train way. in any uh, martial art or anything? I do not. Okay. I uh, I probably should just because I have that kind of disposition. But like, man, I just I don't feel like I have time for anything in my life. Yeah, you're a pretty busy guy. That was one of the things that uh, one of the uh, resounding uh, comments uh, or or sentiments of everybody after uh, listening and watching the episode that we did uh, was everyone was just in awe of, of how busy you are and how busy you you keep yourself, man, with all that with all the projects. Well, I appreciate the uh, the acknowledgement. Um, but yeah, man, I, I I don't know. I think like I'm just ambition is my drug. It's in one way it's good, in another way it's bad. Um, I definitely could use a vacation. Like I haven't had one all through COVID, and like prior to that, I just before I had my baby, I was. I really had found a way to, to like get away and go to the Caribbean on a pretty regular basis to like unplug for those moments. Mm. I haven't had one of those in a really long time. So I'm kind of feel like I'm about to explode. You got to, um, you got to do that, man. I know it gets more difficult with a baby too sometimes. So, I mean, and that's, another, yeah, like that's I, another added thing, dude. Like we didn't even talk about that a couple of weeks ago. Like I know. That, that on top, I, I, to be honest, I assumed that you didn't have any kids. That's why I didn't bring it up in the episode. With all that shit going on, I'm like, there's no way this guy's got a kid. And then yeah, I have a two year old and a seventeen year old stepson. So it's like fucking craziness. Wow, man, is that two year old <laughs> uh, boy or girl? She's a girl. She's uh, wow. yeah, she's my my first. You know, that's mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy town over here. I just keep wait. She's gonna be two in like three weeks. Um, and I just, ever since I've had her, I've just been like, man, I just want to get her to that point where she's potty trained and she's like done with the terrible twos. So she can like, you can negotiate with her a little bit and she can mind and like, because I want to be able to travel, but like, I don't want to take her 
on a fucking trip right now. Like she's fucking picking up everything <laughs> off the floor, putting it in her mouth. Like I, I just need like it's not the right time. And it's hard for me to justify taking a vacation without taking my family. Right. So um, I'm in that weird spot. You got to I'm, I'm, just go for it, though. Ed. So I, I got a five year old son. It's not exactly the same. I, 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 I don't mean to laugh. I'm laughing out of. Uh, empathy, I guess, is the is is the thing. Well, but five years old sounds awesome. Like taking a five year old on vacation sounds no, way dude. better than no, taking no, no, a two year old. No, 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 no. It's never awesome, Edsel. It's never awesome. <laughs> Let me tell you, as a parent, I'm I'm not even I'm not even like one of the parents that's like been through it all or anything like that, man. Like, cause they have way more wisdom than I even do. I'm just a couple years ahead of you at this point, and I'm telling you right now, man. Like, yes, those problems you mentioned go away, but new problems come every time. There's that's that's sure. the problem. That's the not that that's just the that's the thing of it all, right? Like they go through phases, they go through developments, they go through everything. So yeah, you get them out of the diapers. You don't have to bring that shit around. You, you get rid of that diaper bag. You know that's that's a fantastic thing. But then now you got a backpack. Now you got now you got uh, snacks constantly. You got you got everything else under the sun. You're never without yeah. extra bags. You know. No, that but that shit that, that seems manageable. Like that seems like I could take my kid on a plane for three hours and like. But then she, had, but then she's gonna have an opinion about everything where you should go. I know, I know, <laughs> I know, but she doesn't have a choice. It's like you're on my ride. We're going to this beach, and here's your little bucket, and here's your little sandcastle thing, and let's just hang cannot, out. I cannot, I cannot wait to flash forward. I want to have this same conversation with you again in a, a couple more years, and see and see where that attitude has gotten you with with your daughter. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture of my daughter and a little floaty in the, in the blue ocean of the Caribbean. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Me, I mean, no, you'll me definitely with a get Miller that. Light. There you go. That I mean, you're definitely going to get that. The vacations with family actually are amazing, and I do strongly suggest you get out there because you are working insanely hard. But you need, as you said, you need to unwind a little bit. I'm just saying, like having a kid is like it's it changes everything, obviously, as you know. And uh, for, for sure. good, for bad, for everything in between, it's 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 a it's a whole other beast. For sure, <laughs> and yeah, and as you called me, I'm sitting here answering the most boring administrative emails and sending bids on jobs, and like it, it's uh, definitely the kid adds some color to my life, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean. Think about when, when, when we talked about the kids um, and the technology, some of the stuff you're working at with, with Echo over there and stuff. And, and uh, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty wild to think now that I know you have a kid too, what we were talking about, the, the next generation and those, uh, the 3D mapping and stuff that you guys are doing for the virtual world there. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be out of control. Yeah, dude. They, it, 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 it's that funny thing where you think at some point you're like, well, I, I know things more than my parents, you know, like I, I, you almost feel more intelligent, but it's not really that. It's just, you were, you were, uh, you grew up in a different time with, with more stuff in <laughs> a lot of <Sure>. respects. <laughs> Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. 
If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. Oh, yeah, but again, like, I still feel like the advancements that's taking place in the last 20 years, if things continue with any just similarity, our kids are going to grow up. It's not even comparable to us from us to our parents. It's not comparable. And and it never is. That generational gap never is. Yeah, dude, because, like, I mean – I, I don't want to make you feel old and like and feel really like no, weird. No, okay. Like, the, the mirror does that for me all the time. No, but dude, but think about it. Like 22 years ago, you had a Nokia cell phone. Right. Not even a flip phone yet. It was just a Nokia cell phone. And like it had numbers on it and it worked just like your home phone. And you could like, you know, and, and everyone had these at that point. Like I'm yeah, not talking yeah. about the 80s when you had the big like super car phone. But, like, no one had those just, except for Zach Morris. Right. Right. So like you, you just have a phone in your pocket now. That was 22 years ago. Like if I would have walked up to you then and showed you an iPhone and been like, Hey bro, check this out. And you were like, what the fuck is this thing? And I was like, here, push that button. And all of a sudden some dude in Japan picks up the phone and you're like, wait a minute, you just beamed, you just beamed me from here to Japan. Like you took that picture with your phone and you beamed it to Japan. Like, dude, why are you saying beam? Because it's Star Trek, dude. Like that's where we're at. Like <laughs> totally. it's it's out of control. Right. And like and then all of a sudden you did a voice call or excuse me, like a, a video call and it's like crystal clear on that perfect screen. It doesn't look like Star Wars hologram like insanity. It's like, no, dude, you're talking to this person live across the world right now. No yeah. problem, seamlessly. That's twenty two years ago. Yeah. And twenty years ago, if I would have showed that to you, your mind would have exploded. And you would have Absolutely. said, This this thing is like I'll give you a million dollars just to have two of those. <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. Fucking you know? like that's I mean, the the fact that we were able to record the episode that we did the way that we did when I was I'm on one side of the country, you're on another, it's it's really opened the doors for that too. Yeah, it's insanity, dude. So I'll only imagine what it's gonna be like twenty years from now and yeah. what our kids like you know, their, their biggest, their, I, the, probably the biggest gap there is going to be that your five-year-old walks around and for the next couple of years will where like an Oculus is just kind of like this thing that every once in a while you put on to escape. But 20 years from now, we'll either have the implants in our eyes or everybody will be wearing just a clear pair of glasses that have like, you know, clear screens that are throwing up all kinds of you know, information at you in your real space. Right. Um, that's the shit that's just going to get crazy. Like when we're, when we're living in that reality again, whether it's you're living both realities lens. that way too, I like the way you described it with the, with the clear lenses. Cause then you could be, you know, you could be looking at it and you could have like kind of the minority report screens happening. Well, on the side. dude, and, and that's the thing that's going to get nuts is that it's not going to be the same for every person either. No. Just like your Facebook feed isn't the same. Like it's all built on algorithms. So you'll be walking through the supermarket and your lens will flash up the sale on the cucumbers because you're a big cucumber guy, and they know that because you buy them every time you're at the store. But me, I walk by the Doritos, and then and it does that for me. Right. So like, 
that's the, just like who knows how crazy it's gonna get when like that shit is in our in our heads like it's just in a pair of sheer you know glasses that you wear or like i said actually an implant or a contact lens of some sort that allows all of this stuff just to pop into your vision <laughs> as opposed so to having to look at a screen i i sincerely believe that that is is probably the next step that will separate the generations like my daughter by the time she's your kid's age who knows how much closer we are to that but 20 years from now, we have to be super close to it. Right. No, it's absolutely. I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, and uh, I'm kind of here for it because even as you like, a lot of people get scared of that and understand. And I'm like, it, it's scared because we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. And of course, everyone's like, well, they're going to be controlling and be able to do all this. I was like, yeah, they, they kind of already have for so long, and it's just the next step. It just kind of make things easier in a lot of ways in my opinion too i mean there's there's good there's good and bad in in all of it right and it's and to sure. me it's like you know i i i don't get so scared of it i i guess i kind of go like wow that's that's that could be really cool in a lot of in a lot of ways is it scary that they'll be tr targeting you and stuff like that? they've been targeting in commercials since the dawn of tv and fucking radio like what do you like yeah no I, none of that none of that shit really bothers me right. i mean the and I can't even say that this is a negative, but like the the only the, to me that I love that the technology has made everything easier. Like I love right. that like record recording music is easier than ever, making mm -hmm. music videos and filming things, and it's amazing. All that shit's amazing. But I think the downside for somebody like me is that because it makes everything so instant and it makes it easier to create and to do work and email as opposed to regular mail it also like it makes it makes it very difficult to get away from it it makes right. it very difficult to go like okay well i, I used to, to accomplish and be able like you're just yeah. saying being able to go on a vacation you used to be able to go on vacations all the time and now you're having trouble shutting it down well and just think about like what your product productivity was probably like 15 years ago you you probably felt busy but you probably actually accomplished a tenth of what you accomplished in a day now True. just because but but at the same time now the expectations nowadays are for you to accomplish 10 times more than you did 15 years ago so with the advancements in the technology the expectations on ourselves to achieve and to accomplish and to like well i can send 37 emails in 20 minutes whereas i used to have to break out a pen and paper and a stamp like right. is a whole different beast so like the expectations to get more done that that's my biggest battle is like well where do i draw the line because i wake up and i can just like you know yawn and like look at my text messages and oh look i have 37 emails before i even get out of bed am i already checking them before i got out of bed like come on dude like but that's where we're, that's what we all do yeah that's the problem i and i agree that is a problem and i i, I just i could only hope and i think it's something that i think you you touched on it perfectly everyone deals with it right i think that eventually we we hopefully will get to a point and you have to start individually is forcing yourself to set the set that down and not you know give yourself the hours to to be productive and give yourself the hours to relax i know that that's a, i know that that's a very simplistic answer to it but it's true i mean just being able to like literally some nights uh with my wife and stuff is like literally like no the phone goes in a drawer you know whatever it when we're you know in the morning 
none of that shit is as important as it seems at the moment. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's okay. Like, yes, it, we have this feeling of instantaneous work getting done and, and, and everything you just explained. But if you wrap your head around it a little bit more level headed, you realize like, Oh, okay, well, yes, I'm going to get that done, but it doesn't need to be as frantic and as time consuming or, or mentally consuming, I guess, to the point where it is right when you wake up, you know, it's like, just leave the phone in a different room, wake up, have, you know, take your time to wake up and stuff, get the coffee, maybe then check the phone, maybe then sure. go back to the coffee, you know, it, it's all, it sounds easier. And everyone is going to have to, similar to what you were saying earlier with everyone has a different lens. Everyone's going to have to find their own way of, of exercising that, you know, that, that, uh, that balance, I think. And I sure. think, we, I think we all can do it. It's just going to take some time. Sure. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I just I feel like for me that's the biggest like that's the that's the biggest drawback of it. It's I'm not fearful of the brainwashing and the control like like you said. Like they've been doing that shit since they could print newspapers, you know. Right. Um so it's just instantaneous now, which makes it a little more confusing and all that kind of shit. But um for me what affects my daily life the most is just the the, the, the fast pace of being able to do so much that you you just never stop, which right. is not healthy. The so, rat race. It's, I, good, it's good to break away from that, man. I will say doing like something like a camping trip where you just where sure. you go somewhere where the cell service doesn't exist. So you just don't sure. even have a fucking chance to, to attempt that. I did that uh, once last year for a week, and it was, it was, it was amazing to me because I didn't think I was that bad, to be honest, until I was out there. Anyways, it's a little food for thought for everyone listening and even for yourself when you do get a chance to finally uh, pump the brakes and get a vacation. Just try think about that unplugging aspect of it, too. For sure, dude. You remember like you used to get on the phone with your friend and they'd be like, hey, dude, here's directions. And you know what? Just when once you get off on the highway, you go six miles down this road and then you'll see a Burger King. Just just park there and call me and then I'll come up and get you or I'll give you additional directions from there. Right. You're like, OK. And you got in your car and you put a CD in the CD player and you just drove. And for like that 45 minutes, like no one could get you. You were just like alive and just like normal. It's crazy. And it wasn't that, those, that big those, of a deal. And it wasn't that no, big of a deal. <laughs> but like those moments now, they don't exist, dude. Yeah. Like you, you, you got to force them. They can, for, they can exist. Pain. You just, you can't, they can exist though, is what I'm saying. And you just got to force sure. it. You got to force it, unfortunately, but yeah, yeah, it, it can exist and just, just, just unplug for a little while, a little bit at a time. I mean, honestly, it's the same thing as like saying when when I go through like my drinking spells and stuff like that. It's like you've got to unplug sometimes. You got to stop, you know, take a break from drinking for a while, whatever it may be. Do more different exercises. There's so many of these assets that, uh, or not assets. It's, uh, there's so many of these things that that come up in our lives, and I think it's important to try to properly compartmentalize it in whatever way that it makes sense for you to, to stay mentally fit, I guess. Yeah, that's a, that's a good assessment. It's a mentally fit. I don't know if I qualify. <laughs> it's <laughs> the not, not sure. it's the not knowing that I think you do. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe so. But good Lord. Where are you at right now? You said you're recording. Yeah, we're out mixing still. Uh, last time I talked to you, I was out mixing in the Poconos. I went home for a little bit, and now I'm back out here uh, doing some more uh, some more mixing for our. Where is out here? The Poconos. Yeah, the Poconos. Have you ever been out to the Poconos? That's where you're at right now. Yeah. 
Where is the Poconos? It's in Pennsylvania, uh, just about an hour outside of New Jersey and uh, and uh, uh, Manhattan, really. Manhattan's about an hour, 15-minute drive from here. Huh. Interesting. Right. I never, I'd never been out here before we started doing this uh, mixing process either, man. I was like, Poconos, it sounds like a beach kind of thing. It's mountains. We're, you know, we're up in the mountains. Uh, it's pretty... It, we're staying at a at a casino. It's it's nice. It's fun. Sweet. Yeah, man. Well, good. How long are you there for? Uh, this stint, I am uh, just out here for another couple of days, and I'm going to be going home. Um, and then I, I think hopefully hopefully we get all the tracks done that we need to this time around, and uh, we'll see what we'll be taking it from there. You know, we're we're, we're right taking on. our time with this. We're making sure everything's meticulously put in. Where if it takes longer, then then you know, I guess it kind of goes back to uh, what we were talking about. Instead of rushing and and going into the rat race of everything, it gets done when it gets done, and it gets done when it's right. And we're just kind of like, sure. I'm not. We're not gonna just because there's a deadline, or even if it's a even if it's a self-given deadline. Most of our deadlines for the entirety of our career have been self-given. So it's got, sure. and we would stick to them. And now we're kind of like, well, you know what? Let's just fucking do it when it needs to be done. You know, like, let's, uh, we'll, we'll get it done and we're going to get it done right. And we don't want to skimp on anything. Sure. Awesome. Then what? You got a big touring cycle happening after that? I don't know. We're figuring all that out. Uh, that's all. We, we're, we're uh, focused on this aspect right now with the mixing. We're, ta- we're in talks about what we're going to be doing as far as touring and stuff like that. But there's, there's no, Nothing new there right now. What's the last tour that you guys did? Was it pre-COVID? Yeah, man, it was like 2018. We did. And what, uh, what was that? Was it a headliner, or were you part of a big package? What, what was that? We tour? did a, Our last thing was in Europe, uh, headlining the the festivals out there, all the mm. hard rock festivals out there. We were we were out there. What about the U.S. Last U.S. tour, I want to say, like a full tour, I think might have been the fall of 2017. Wow. 2000 or beginning of 2018 and then that was like the summer of 2018 if I'm not mistaken. Do you remember what that bill was? What the package was? I don't not off the top of my head. <laughs> not the one where we were headlining. The lot I mean one of the other ones we did was uh, uh main support for Metallica for that was in 2017 I think. No. Wow. That's when a record came out. I don't it's such a blur right now, to be honest, Ed. So I, I'm probably getting the years mixed up, but I know it's been a while since we've been out. It's been at least four, four years since we've been uh, on, on the stage. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a while when, when it happens. Yeah, that's really good though, man. Like that's one thing that that bands don't do enough is is like go away. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> like you gotta going give, away you gotta is the like the greatest a bit thing. Of, yeah, dude, a little bit of the absence makes the heart grow fonder. You know, like no doubt. You need a little bit of that. You need a little bit of that in life sometimes. You know. You, yeah, no doubt about it. Or as it. Kick said, you you don't know what you got till it's gone. You know. Well, that was uh, Cinderella. But... Oh, I'm sorry. Ugh, it was Cinderella. Damn it! Uh, you could take my uh, my glam rock. 80s card i, I guess yeah you just you just you just oh, lost shit. it Damn. you know what though i think you i think you, you you're like a couple years younger than me probably so you get the pass because you're 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 like you were the younger brother of the of the 80s i was I, you guy, know, right? I was i was i was born in 84 so i don't even yeah think so you get a you get a pass yet. on that one yeah all right all right but i mean i still have the knowledge i have the cassettes i listened to them yeah, they were an interesting band. Like, uh, it's still Cinderella is such an interesting sound to me. Like, the, like the 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 falsetto, gritty, 
ACDC, and that's like a choice. And you never hear Tom Kiefer not sing in that false, raspy voice. It's like, what does his real voice sound like? I want to know. Like I, 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 maybe I haven't listened to enough Cinderella. Maybe he's actually used his his normal voice somewhere on a song, but I can't recall ever hearing it. You got me, man. But that's a very, you know, like I would have never thought to like pick up a microphone and go, okay, dude, just like your whole thing is going to be like not your voice. It's going to be all head voice with like raspiness on it and just like all your melody, everything. You're going to sing it in that voice. I've been like, what? It's fucking crazy talk. The dude, <laughs> dude made a huge <laughs> career out man, of it. And it was a different time, you know? I yeah, mean, totally. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the vibes. I mean, that's what everyone totally. was doing. I mean, and then, you, yeah, you took like Axl Rose, who, who did a lot of head voice, but he also used Brought his regular in. singing yeah. voice a lot. So like he, you know, but like so, Tom Kiefer's one of the only dudes I can, I can remember that like made his whole thing on that head voice, his whole thing. And That's you know, again, I never really thought about it. No, absolutely. You got to love that, man. It's good to go back and listen to that shit every once in a while. Shit's crazy, dude. A lot of reverb on those fucking snare drums, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, every. Fucking... Okay, but that wasn't just glam rock, dude. Every 80s snare. I mean, I was just watching the original Top Gun again and, like, uh, the fucking. Take, <laughs> take my, my breath away. Oh, that, that has so much <laughs> reverb on the entire thing. I'm like, holy shit. And it, you don't yeah. realize it until you until you look back at it, just how saturated it is with reverb. Like that was the only effect they used in the mixing process back then. I, I I'm convinced. Well, I mean, what did they have? They had a, they had reverb and delay and flanger. Yeah. <laughs> so they just went crazy with the reverb. They just went crazy with the reverb. Dude, everything in the '80s was like, okay, we're all going to be playing arenas, so we want to make it sound like it sounds in the arena. That's the goal. <laughs> But yeah, every snare drum, dude, is just crazy craziness. Yeah, man. I fucking love it. Yeah, I, you know what? After we get up this phone call, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back and listen to some eighties rock here in a second. And uh Yeah, what's your playlist? What are you starting with? Start dude, with skid start with skid row big skid row. guns. Big guns. Oh dude, on the uh What, what a song, dude. Big guns such a what what was why am I drawing a blank? Slave to the grind, that album. That's such a great, great album. album. Such a good follow up to uh, the uh, eighteen in life. What's the, what's the same that? That was just self-titled. Self-titled. Yeah, with that was a great record too, man. I was, dude. I yeah, that's a, what that big gun that big gun song is on that first record. It's just man, the backup. That's right. It that is on that one. Slave to the grind was next. Just, I was thinking of uh, the opening track on that. It's uh, monkey business. I don't know why I got that confused with big guns, but yeah. Yeah, same kind, same kind of song. Huge, huge gang vocals in the chorus, and just like man, what a what a ridiculous band they were Dude, for those first couple band. records. Yep, I'm convinced now. I'm gonna go listen to those two records because in high school, man, I it wasn't it was the late '90s when I was in high school, and I was listening to those cassettes and CDs of Skid Row and bands like we were just describing in my 1977 Camaro leather jacket and nice. hair, smoking cigarettes on the way to high school, singing Sebastian Bach, not, not probably not very well, but in my head, I was like nailing those notes, bro. Yeah, dude, like you just, just what a, what a incredible, like just, just timing is everything. And like for <laughs> those dudes to like have those songs and and those huge backup vocals and all the talent that it went into writing that that skid row you know making those skid row songs and then they need the right singer and they they're like man we found this kid from canada and he's 18 years old and he's fucking beautiful and he's six foot three and he's got yeah. perfect hair and he's got the best voice in the game 
and they just put him on top of it and then like oh yeah bon jovi's gonna take us on tour like what a recipe Fucking for man. world domination no wonder <laughs> they had so much fucking fun in the 80s god i was born oh, just a little too my. late man we could have Man, we could have been in a band together just tearing it up in the 80s. Oh, dude, forget about it. Like, yeah, the 80s the 80s was a whole different animal, man, for sure. Take me back. Take me back virtually if, if necessary. Let's do that. Yeah, no shit, dude. Paradise <laughs> City. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate the time. I know you're busy. Uh, go go uh, have, have some fun with the family. Give, give, give some love there. And uh, we'll, we'll obviously stay in touch, man. I, I, I very much enjoy uh, talking to you. Yeah, you as well, dude. Enjoy the poking nose. I will, brother. I'll talk and to you I'll soon. And I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Good luck with mixing. Thanks, man. Late. And that was my follow-up chat with Edsel of the band Dope. Uh, usually those chats are about 15 minutes, but man, for some reason, when uh, when me and Edsel get on the phone, it uh, tends to last a little bit longer, which I really appreciate. Everyone, make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast or follow whatever that's called these days or, you know, make sure you head over to the YouTube channel. That video of our previous uh, chat is also up uh, among all the other great guests that we've had on the show. Really enjoyed doing this for you guys and <laughs> honestly, selfishly for myself. It's, it's an absolute blast having these conversations with some of my peers and uh, couldn't be happier with it. So uh, until next time, as always, cheers. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.